Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Yeah, hello. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Welcome to you, Matt. And we are just uh, a number of days away from the season of Lent. Lent is coming early this year. Yeah. yeah. Easter's early this year. And uh, bad news for all the lovebirds out there, because uh, <laughs> Ash Wednesday is actually on Valentine's Day this yeah. year. So, you know, I mean, I'm not married. You guys make a big deal of Valentine's Day in your house? Go. No. <laughs> I was going to say good news for those of us who want to save a few bucks on uh, yeah. Yeah. not having to uh, yeah, See, buy dinner. My, my wife and I talked about, like, a lot of times on Valentine's Day, we go, we go a couple days after, because normally then the roses are cheaper, right. the chocolates are cheaper. Yes. We'll, we'll always figure out. But you can normally, get a reservation and a babysitter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a couple days after. Like, go for Friday. Yeah. You know. So this year you have an excuse. You can observe Ash Wednesday because it is Ash Wednesday is a day of fasting. It's a day of abstinence from meat, and of course, people are encouraged to go to Ash Wednesday Mass. Um, so I don't see people really fasting at a Valentine's Day dinner. I guess if that's your only meal of the day, you You're, could, if you go by the traditional what it says in the Catechism, which is the two small meals or one or, and and one large meal, the, the two small meals can equal one large meal. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess if you, if you're not eating meat, yeah, and if you don't have dessert, so broccoli Alfredo, yeah, or go to Red Lobster, <laughs> go to Red Lobster, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd maybe just change the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lent is beginning. So forty days. It, it's really important. I think that um, on on one hand, I I I believe that that Catholics really take Lent seriously. I do think that. Yeah. It's like people are so Oh, no, I'm really... Uh, and that doesn't mean that everyone's very successful at Lent, mm-hmm. but everyone's trying. Everyone's mm-hmm. trying their best. Like, I'm giving this up, and they'll they'll tell family and friends, oh, no, no, I can't uh, have a glass of wine. I give that up for Lent. Or I can't eat sweets. I give that up for Lent. So people kind of take it seriously. Um, and on the other hand, we're trying to remind people that this 40-day period of, of Lent heading to Easter Sunday is a time for spiritual renewal. Mm-hmm. It's a time for us to like say, okay, 40 days, I'm going to be different in order to grow in my spiritual life. It's not just to lose weight or it's not just <laughs> yeah. to mm-hmm. uh, have healthier habits. Like I, I, a lot of people say, well, I'm going I'm to get healthier over Lent. And that's fantastic. I think, you know, I, I, I wish you well. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's our spiritual health that we're mm-hmm. concerned with, yeah. right? So today we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, the 40 days of Lent. What are some good things that people could do for Lent and why? Why we do these things for the season of Lent. Yeah. I think it's really important to understand, too, how we have Lent now is not necessarily how Lent has always been. Right. There's always been a period of fasting. Um, it's been kind of like, so I got a couple dates here. I, I figured out. Okay. So the Council of Nicaea was when in 325 AD. That's when Lent first officially hit the books. That's when they actually put it on. This is something that we're going to observe. Um, it wasn't until St. Gregory in about the 600s, 500, 600s, and St. Gregory the first regularized it, regularized it to 46 days before Easter. So that's kind of, because even then it was kind of fluctuating. But we have dating back from... Uh, uh, St. Arrhenius, and he's like a third-generation disciple. So he's like, you know, third... Uh, a disciple of about, the disciples. A disciple of the disciples. He lived yeah. in about 100 years after Jesus. Um, he said in a letter to Pope Victor, the variations and observances did not originate in our own day. And he was talking about Lent, or he's talking about specifically periods of fasting before Easter. And he said, but much earlier, 
it even in the times of our forefathers. So we have a letter saying yeah. that this period of fasting before Easter happened in the time of his forefathers, which if he's a third generation disciple, if you will, that, that happened in the time of the actual disciples, like the actual apostles um, and stuff. And so they kind of started this tradition right back where Jesus was around. And this isn't shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because Jesus was a Jewish person mm-hmm. and fasting has been around in the Jewish tradition even more so. So when people say, no, no, um, I know that some Protestant churches at one time, they're, they're starting to come around to it, but uh, at one time, I think it was uh, John Calvin that said, um, fasting is a, oh, oh wait, I got to quote, uh, man's tradition and work-based vanity. Hmm. And so he said, like, there's no reason why we should be doing this fast. Like, people aren't supposed to fast. This is not a thing. Um, but we know that Jesus actually did fast. Jesus was a, a Jewish person that and observed all the traditions that came along with that and the laws that came along with that. So we know that Jewish that Jesus fasted and that the early apostles and disciples fasted because we yeah. have the letters in recognition of that. Um, so it's kind of cool. Now, how exactly Lent looked is kind of the thing that kind of plays around with. I just found out um, it wasn't until 1966 that it was a, the Pope at that time, I can't remember who it is, um, affirmed the abstinence of flesh on Fridays. So it was only in 1966 where we started having fish on Fridays, which is kind of interesting. But before that, it was like before that, we went from six days of fasting. Mm-hmm. So we used to have six days of fasting during Lent per week. And then we'd only eat on Sundays. Not only eat. We'd only eat actual dairies, milk, butter, all that kind of stuff on Sundays. And then we went down to three days of fasting and then to only two days of fasting, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. And so then on Fridays was abstinence from meat. It wasn't fasting, it was abstinence. Yeah, and traditionally in the the Latin church or the the Roman church, um, uh, again, the the fasting was much more kind of rigorous and and demanding, but in in kind of um, uh, non uh, Roman Catholic churches, um, like the Byzantine tradition, they still they still observe um, um, these a more a more rigorous fast. So, yeah. um, like in the uh, the Ukrainian Catholic Church, uh, for example, a, a lot of them effectively go vegan. Uh, for that's for crazy. the entirety of Lent, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, and just a really quick story. Like a, a friend of mine, um, this this was it was his. He converted uh, from a Protestant denomination to Ukrainian Catholic. Um, so one of his first kind of Lents, it was just like it was a bit of culture shock for him <laughs> to go from just and and we were university students at the time. Yeah. Um, so he just kind of like went kind of dived in with both feet, you know, uh, took it seriously and for, um, and they, they were observing for longer because the, the dates that they can fluctuate a little more. Um, but so, um, after kind of Easter Sunday, after kind of the celebration, I went to Dairy Queen and got him like this disgusting, it was gross. Um, uh, like a chili cheese dog, like a Dairy Queen chili <laughs> cheese dog. So it was just like yeah. revolting at the best of times. Yeah. Um, so just like, okay, this is your, this is kind of your reward for, yeah. you know, and he felt really sick after. It was, just like, <laughs> it was just a bad situation, but it was just like you know, this is this is the feast after after the fast. You and, it, yeah. But after after that amount of time, it's just like the appeal of this is not not really there, which is kind of the opposite of ex- uh, you would expect for a lot of a lot of kind of Lenten fast. He was like, if you give up chocolate or if you give up like you know Easter, <laughs> Easter comes, you know, people are kind of jumping in and indulging. But and, you know. and going off what you said too, that's part of the reason why we have some of the traditions like Fat Tuesday or, or, or oh, yeah. you know, um, Mardi Gras, um, um, is 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 for the reason that they didn't eat 
uh, dairy or eggs or those types of things. No. So what's the most that you could possibly make with all your leftover eggs and your leftover dairy? And so you would make pancakes. pancakes. That was one yeah. of the fastest, easiest ways. You bought lots of butter, lots of milk, and <laughs> lots of eggs. Yeah, yeah. well, you put Or you're just cleaning out the fridge. Out. Yeah. yeah, you just clean yeah. out the fridge with all that stuff. And so you'd have that at the beginning. That's on the on Tuesday. And then you go into the Ash Wednesday. And then what was the what's the famous... Um, bread that we would normally have at Easter time afterwards is Paschal bread. Like you have those those traditions that have the blessing of the bread basket and stuff. But those breads, those soft, crunchy, all beautiful breads, are made with eggs. Or you have all these painted eggs uh, around that Easter time. Is because we had all these legs left over that we couldn't yeah. eat and probably shouldn't be eating now because they're you know months <laughs> old. Um, and so you go go find the go find all the eggs that you didn't collect while you were uh, not eating. So, so uh, just to go back to what you were saying, it was Pope Paul VI in 1966, you were saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, just a, a little clarification there, because uh, from, the, from, the early, from the early first century, there was a custom of not eating meat. Yeah, not, not, but through the whole Lent. Through, through the whole year. The whole, That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So you had said all of Lent. So 1966 is you, when they sorry. said that yeah. it was sort of like didn't have to happen every Friday, but yes, during Lent. And then the 1983 Code of Canon Law put, it in put as a day of abstinence mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. A fasting. Yeah. So yeah. up until 1966, they were still fasting every single Friday, which is actually not a bad practice today like, yeah. to mm-hmm. do. It. And I know a lot of people still do it. And it's an honorable practice. If Friday is the day that the yeah. Lord died on the cross, right? Just like we celebrate Sunday for the resurrection. And, and we're supposed to, we're supposed, like on Fridays, we're still supposed to give something up. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if we don't yeah. do the meat thing, sure. we're supposed to, um, yeah, yeah, so sorry. But, not, so, but during Lent, it is a, sort of a strict, like they no affirm, meat yeah. on Fridays during Lent. Now, I also want to take another aspect of Lent. Uh, Lent, the 40 days, of course, we know from Matthew chapter 4 is the temptations of, temptation of Jesus, the right? 40 days, the yeah. 40 days that he spent in the desert. Now, uh, during Lent, Lent was a, a period of preparation mm-hmm. for people who are going to be baptized, who are going to be mm-hmm. initiated into the church, right? So what we would call today like RCIA candidates, right? Mm-hmm. So people who wanted to become Catholic. So there was this period of like... Um, approximate uh, um, preparation, mm-hmm. right? Le- Easter was coming where they were going to be baptized. And so there was a period of penance for them as they were trying to prepare. There were sort of practices that they were doing. And so if we if we call to mind what new Catholics are doing, preparing for baptism, like that's sort of the penitential theme of Lent. Yeah. Even though we've been, we are mm-hmm. Catholic, yeah, yeah. we should also take a sort of penitential time to renew ourselves, right? Yeah. And I always, um, during Lent, you see Matt knows he journeys with these RCIA candidates. It, there's a real like, uh, like it's coming, mm-hmm. Easter is coming. And so people are starting to make that s- sort of self-reflection. They're starting to reflect on uh, their past and yeah. where they're going in the future. It's a good practice for yeah. us too. Oh, I like, think so. For the 40 days of Lent. Remember, we're, we're joining Jesus in the desert for those 40 days. And you talked about Jesus fasting. Mm-hmm. There's the Matthew chapter days. four right there. Right? So like lots, lots of things happening during the season of Lent that I, that I think not only could be a good, uh, like these things are good to give up meat and to, or to, to abstain from meat on Fridays, uh, but they have a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Jesus was strengthened in the desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our RCA candidates are preparing for baptism for new life. Yeah. So what is yeah. it that we're preparing for 
as we're going through the season. Yeah, of Lent. I think that's a really, really important aspect because I think a lot of people view Lent as just kind of rebooting their New Year's re- resolutions. Right. That it's like, <laughs> no, and, and the, yeah, like, there point. is some value to kind of self-improvement and, and self-mastery and discipline and all of those things. But like, uh, again, like, yes, for Jesus, like going without was not an end in itself. Um, and even you have the um, kind of like the... Um, uh, the voice of one in the desert crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Like this, this is a tradition that even, even precedes that you have kind of the, the Essenes in the first century that like actually going into the desert and, you know, um, uh, paving the way for, for the Messiah. You have people like John the Baptist, yeah. you know, living this, living this ascetic life because, um, again, not because, um, you know, it was fashionable or, you know, it, it gave him this, this authority. It was like, no, he's actually preparing for the coming of Christ, which is, which is, you know, what we're, what we're effectively doing um, in Lent. I can, I can say too from, because so my boys are doing this thing called Exodus 90. And if anybody doesn't know what Exodus 90 is, it's a 90 days of Lent basically right before it, it, And it's, um, at least it's, Easter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Before Easter. And it, and it's geared towards men, uh, to, to become more manly, but like more men, but it's, it's specifically looking at different practices, things like, you don't ever have a nice hot warm shower anymore. You have you you you're you're making a decision that every day you have a shower you're going to have a a cold shower or, or like a lukewarm shower let's say. And that you're not going to snack between meals that you're not going to be uh you're getting off all social media for the 90 days. Anyways, uh Matt and I did it um a couple years ago. Yeah. My boys, they're two teenagers, 16 and 14 and they've decided with their group at high school that they're doing this, you know, um uh, Exodus 90 thing together. And I'm going to say that just from an outsider point of view, now I've done it, but from an outsider point of view, I'm very proud of them, first of all, for doing it, and they're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. But to see the joy that's come out of their mm-hmm. life just in the last, like, 30 days that they've been doing it right now, like, I really do see a major difference in their attitudes. I see a major di- from from getting off social media. So, like, I almost want to tell them, just keep this doing this for the rest of your life. Now, I... I getting off social media for that amount it's that it maybe not possible but it like from an outside perspective mm-hmm. as a parent watching my boys who have done this completely on their own and made this decision on their own so proud and watching their real personalities come through you know like especially during that that time of teenage hormonal you know mm-hmm. um mood swings and everything else that can kind of <laughs> happen like it, it's it's amazing to watch um the holiness of them too come through through their prayer time and through their because those are th- some of the things you you, you promise that you're going to pray every day not an hour or anything you're going to promise pray this you know five minutes or whatever. You know you raise a good point because there are some things in our life that have just become normal now. Yeah, like if you think like in our lives like twenty years ago mm-hmm. when we had cell phones no we didn't yeah would <laughs> only play that snake game or whatever you know there was no social media there was yeah. no th- nothing and I, I remember those days because uh that wasn't an attachment that we had no yeah but today it's just so normal that people it's just part of people's day so now that's replaced something that people used to do yeah what did people used to do yeah. i don't know it, it depends on which um, you know, we yep. could sound old and crotchety and say, oh, you know, we were always outside yeah, and yeah. we were always doing, the, I mean, we weren't always outside, but we were doing yeah. different things yeah. that now is just being replaced with cell phones. But I think it's really good for people to reflect on like what's become normal in yeah. your life that you can fast from. Like your example there, um, even something like a cold shower. Yeah. Like how much we take that for granted, how much we take a, a warm like uh, shower warm for plumbing for, for yeah. instance you know and what it, i mean it's 
it's almost that during Lent, little reminders like that yeah. make us realize that this 40 period of the year, 40 day period, is different for yeah. a reason. Yeah. Something as simple as a cold shower, something as simple as refraining from something that's become normal, that's taken up your time for something else. Yeah. yeah. Right? So maybe that's good for people to reflect on a little bit. Obviously, I would say during Lent, I always encourage people to do an extra mass during the week. Yeah. Like okay. go and attend a daily mass. Uh, daily mass is is a real special time. You know, Sundays obviously are our special yeah. time, but to go and receive the Eucharist another time during the week is really special. If if someone could do a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament or a holy half hour, like we're we're doing little things that remove us out of our normal schedule, right? Yeah. What would we have done with that half hour for daily mass? You know, you may have yeah. been scrolling through Instagram <laughs> exactly. or yeah, Facebook. Yeah. It's like cut that out and head to a daily mass. Just, just to be more aware of what things in my life have become normal that are taking up my time. Yeah. And I got to do something to make this time of Lent different. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It really does. Yeah. There was a, you're saying that there was a guy, um, little by little, he's a podcast I listened to. It's just a, a, a priest, Irish priest, and um, talking about, uh, he, he's one of the ones that made me realize just little prayers. And he started talking about uh, specifically the Divine Chaplet, uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet. And he's like, it only takes you five minutes. He's like, it takes you five minutes to pray the Divine Mercy Chapel. He's like, what are you going to do for the rest of your day that takes you five minutes? Right. He's like, are you going to be just scrolling through faith? And so what he started, he challenged on the podcast as I was driving in. And I was like, well, I, I think it takes a little bit longer than that. Like the rosary takes like 20 minutes or something. Well, I think it takes a little bit. And so I, I, I decided to do it in the car on that on that day. And, and I watched the time as I did it. So I wasn't quite focused maybe on the Divine Mercy as I should have been. But it, it really only takes five yeah. minutes. It's like a minute per decade. Um, so you can add like that practice of the Divine Mercy Chaplet or praying the rosary once a day. Like if you don't do those things already or if those are committed, you're Knights of Columbus, you're promising you're supposed to be praying your rosary every day. Like if those are traditions that you're not, uh, those are mm -hmm. things that you've said you would do and you're not doing, those are things that maybe pick up during Lent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's very true. Remember the three pillars of Lent? Yeah. They're prayer, Boom. fasting, and almsgiving. You know, and I always think of like when someone's not feeling well, they go to their doctor and the doctor tells them, this is what's wrong. <laughs> you have a uh, fever. You have uh, some yeah. sort of blockage. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah, yeah. something wrong here. And then they offer a remedy of some sort, right? Here's a prescription for this or some advice, whatever. Like this remedy that Lent offers, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, has been working for yeah. thousands of years for yeah, people yeah, to yeah. turn their life around. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Like those three things have been helping people have a great spiritual experience, not only during Lent, but at the end of Lent, that their life is their life is different. Yeah, right. For sure. So I want people not to underestimate the power of fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. There's two that like right in there. It says some some demons can only be defeated by mm -hmm. prayer and fasting, and fasting. Right. Those yeah. are so right, right there. Some of those some of those things that might be rooted deep in your life. Uh, whatever those um, I'm going to say habits are, or those things that like those can only be 
rooted out, if you will, mm-hmm. by prayers and fasting. And so, but you, but both of those things, it's not just fasting, it's not just prayer, it's both of those things together. And then almsgiving, a lot of people misunderstand what almsgiving actually is. And, and I think if we look at the whole Lenten practice, it is self-sacrificial, if you will. And, and the idea here is that you're dying to self for other purposes. So you're putting other people first, you're doing that. So almsgiving, it's, this is not saying that if y- you, you can't afford your rent because you know you make pretty much what rent is in the, at your minimum wage job or something, that you have to go and try to give more money to the church. That's not what it's saying at all. In fact, it doesn't say specifically give money to the church. It's almsgiving. So it's wherever you can possibly. But almsgiving can also be um, giving of something, so giving of your time, giving of your, you know what I mean, service of some sorts. And so if you can't afford um, to give, you know, money, then maybe you can afford to stop scrolling social media and mm-hmm. give an extra half Make hour. Make a phone call. Make a phone yeah. call. Talk to a parent, a grandparent. Volunteer. Or, exactly. Things things like that. Those That's almsgiving. To, I mean, not in the... Clean official. out your closet and donate... Things, <laughs> things that you're, you yeah. haven't worn in a couple of years, exactly. Or something like that. Yeah. So there are always ways. There are soup kitchens that are always needing people to help. There are there are even the food bank, the local food bank, um, things like that. Like that, you could just hey, go walk down there and be like, listen, I have, it's the season of Lent. I'm looking to offer up some time, maybe on a Wednesday from this time to this time. Do do you need help, or is there a de- different day that we can work out an arrangement? I am going to bet more times than not they're going to definitely say okay, because they're always looking for volunteers. They're always looking for help, especially those people that are looking after, like caring for the poor and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to uh, what you were saying about like um, talking about th- things that are deeply rooted. Yeah. Um, that you know you have this kind of recipe trifecta recipe for spiritual growth of you know prayer fasting and almsgiving but like yeah that that biblical passage that like some demons can only be driven out by um fast uh prayer and fasting mm-hmm. that like um that this is how you unroot or this is how you kind of dig up this um tied to what you were saying earlier about like this is the rhythm the liturgical rhythm of the church since you know since the beginning since the so um again at, at, at on the one hand it can it can allow you to um, recognize those those things that have become so deeply rooted that you know they really need to be dug up through this like intense kind of discipline. Um, but also at the same time, like because Lent is so regular, because we have this kind of annual reset button, or you know this it prevents these kind of things from being becoming uh, so deeply rooted. Um, I know we have on our um, uh, the parish gives us you know suggestions for, you know, these, these are things that you can take on, um, or give up or, um, throughout Lent. And all of them are tied to kind of the prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Um, like one of them is, you know, fast from social media for, for the day. Like how many people, again, this, this isn't part of their kind of regular rhythm of life would look at the prospect of fasting from social media for a whole day and be like, I can't do that. Get, like get this is this has become even. yeah, and yeah. because this has become so rooted, you know, this is a place where we you know we find our happiness. This is where our brain goes to kind of shut off uh, temporarily. And you were saying about like you know back in the day, at, you know, at the risk of sounding like a crusty old guy, um, <laughs> it was like we we didn't have we didn't have you know phones that could kind of fill in the gap. I was uh, listening to someone a while ago who was talking about like you know if you're a true '90s kid because you know yeah, this is yeah. this is how I self-identify um, <laughs> that like if you're like if you actually you know, uh, um, 
you know, uh, want to, um, you know, claim this as your own, you know, you have to take the good with the bad or you have to like, um, you have to like remember that, you know, when, when you're waiting for the bus for 10 minutes, you know exactly what the top of your shoes look like. Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what your shoelace because you didn't have, you know, this device to fill in all the gap. Like you, Talk about the back of, you can read yeah, like yeah. the back of your hand. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? You knew what that meant. Yeah. So you just like, yeah. And like the context was, it's like, okay, you like all the cultural things from the 90s. But if, you know, if you're a true diehard 90s man, like, you know, you know what it's like to just wait. Yeah. And just yeah. and think and you know give some time to self reflection and really and again a, a lot of times we don't have the context to do that anymore because technology and all the other kind of demands of life are invading on that you know that space. Lent is an opportunity to create that context that you know that at least draws our attention to these deeply rooted habits that are kind of distracting us so much and like. Um, that again, a uh, way somebody else uh, put it is just like Lent is an opportunity to um, fast from the wells that so often drink of us. Um, oh, that is like, like, like you know, we turn to social media for that dopamine hit, or like it gives us some level of happiness. But what you were saying about kind of your boys, yeah. that is like as soon as you remove those those things that you like naturally kind of deflect to to either shut off or to you know get that quick dopamine hit, you, you know, you realize that, you know, there are trees outside. <laughs> you yeah. realize that there are, you know, you can make music. You can, like, there are yeah. so many other things you can pray that, you know, that we can do with our time that is productive and edifying and and a, a deeper source of happiness. And what you said there, too, I just I just realized that what, when you said it was, it, would, it took about two weeks. It wasn't that they yeah. were instantly happier. It was about two weeks. It was about a week of them being bored, to be honest with you. Them starting to pick up books and then starting to pick up different things and starting to learn music on um, one of my boys bought a saxophone and started playing saxophone one of them you know like started um we have a drum kit that they started kind of playing around with like like as they started kind of slowly getting into their own rhythms of doing their own things we started racing through sudokus so they're like the weekly newspaper that would come to our door with advertisement stuff that has a sudoku so they we started photocopying it and then the four of us uh four of us as boys like my three son three of my sons one of them's too young but three of my sons and myself would sit down and we would race to see who could get through the sudoku the fastest you know the little things like that that we are doing together though as a family they're mm -hmm. you know um those dopamine hits if you will they, they had it, it took a toll for the first week like they, I saw I saw the um, the withdrawal oh, almost the withdrawal yeah. of it almost but then the they're so much happier in week three four five you know what I mean like like the actual joy comes through it's not the being drug joy it's the it's the actual joy mm -hmm. coming through at the end which is I mean like again as a parent I'm very happy to see it I'm so it's it's so evident to me and my wife too is it's just like the true joy comes through where they're mm -hmm. actually smiling they're actually laughing it's not just chuckles it's it's real yeah. you know so yeah i remember you know you're talking about being in the 90s <laughs> kid you know and there was that's what we did we we hung out with people we yeah. did things yeah. we were creative we made sort of things happen then i think at one point do you remember your friends started getting a tv in their bedroom oh yeah that? no i never got that <laughs> like sometimes like this tv in the bedroom was kind of the first start mm -hmm. of like the old social media because then it was like well now I'm going to watch TV on my own. Like there was usually yeah, only yeah. one TV in the house and it yeah. was in the common room. Yep. Yep. Now it's like, well, well now I have one mm -hmm. in my bedroom. So no. now we're isolating ourselves to that. Right. Then when computers came, came along, yeah. it was like computer in the family room yeah. or whatever it is. Right. And then it was like now laptops and everyone has their own. Yeah. So we just started slowly like isolating ourselves again and yeah. doing things on our own yeah. rather than doing things communally. Right. 
the problem with that is when we're doing things <laughs> on our own, we get sucked in. Yeah, mm-hmm. we get sucked into it. We get used to doing it on our own. Now we like people. We uh, we want to socialize less because we it's not on our own terms. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it replaces a whole bunch. Of, people say I don't have time to do mm. prayer. I don't have time to volunteer. I don't have time to do this. Well. Like just as a challenge, you know, if, if it's a few days before Lent, if Lent, you know, if you're listening to this and Lent is still a few days away, or even if it started, track how much mm-hmm. you're on, track how much you're on your screen. If you go track on how much settings. you're on your TV, <laughs> your TV, yep. your cell phone, whatever, and, and, and add it up at the end of the day. Well, you could go, so like I, I'm looking right now, screen time for me today alone was three hours and 53 minutes on my phone. Wow. And so that's, that's. You know, and then I can see, okay, how many, what were the things on there? So that's just under settings on an iPhone. If you go under settings and screen time, and you can see, and sometimes it gives you an update and stuff like that. I know that uh, the Androids and stuff have the same kind of thing. And so, like, you can see how much time was on the phone. I'm not going to say that four hours of my time was wasted there because there are about a half hour to an hour of prayer time that I listen to my podcasts and stuff like that that kind of come into that, a half hour realistically today. Um, but, you know, like there there are good things that come out of that, but four hours probably didn't need to be on my phone for four <laughs> hours today, you know? Okay, so we've talked about almsgiving. We talked about fasting a little bit. Like like pick something where you you realize have become a habit in your life that's probably not good fa- and, and and eliminate it. You made a good example. It's going to feel like a withdrawal yeah. at the fir- at first, but it's going to bring joy. It's yeah. going to bring joy. True, true joy. Mm-hmm. Prayer. Prayer, no. I think, is really important. We mentioned going to daily mass. We mentioned maybe a time of adoration. You mentioned praying the rosary or the divine mercy chaplet. Mm-hmm. And to find, a, to find time for silence, for solitude, I think is really important as well. Like Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. There's grace in the sacrament of Lent that I think people need to take advantage of, right? Jesus withdrew. He was being tempted, but he was there. Uh, And I think if we can withdraw, we could be in solitude and try and be one with the Lord, I think would be really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I I mention too, like the Bible in the Year podcast, I'm really enjoying just listening to God's word. Uh, And then Father Mike Smith does a great job at at summing it up at the end. But like just listening to God's word every day, 20 minutes, that's all it takes. I listen to it on my ride into town. Um, But like... Listening to God's word, it, that to me, that's part of the silence. Yeah. And I'm, I'm silent. I have a time mm-hmm. of silence, of just silence, as you say. But then I turn on the word of God and I ask God, what does he want to say to me through his word? And it's amazing some of the things. I've listened to this podcast. We've done it, what, now three years or four years uh, with Catechism in the Year kind of in there too. But like I've heard this thing already three times. But the third time or fourth time through, I'm, I'm getting something new every time. Oh, yeah. it's, it's what I'm going through now. That's how God's word works, you know. Yeah. Which I was, I was going to say the same thing. It's like um, that's again creating that context, creating that space. Great, um, yeah. like abstaining from the things that are distracting us and pulling us away. Um, or again, good, good practices, good exercises, um, but not an end in itself. And yeah. you know, um, even even going back to the desert, it's like. Yes, um, he didn't eat for forty days, and he was hungry. It's like, but <laughs> the response there is, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Like, okay, yes, create that con- uh, that context, create that space, but you know, uh, dive into the Word of God. Dive into yeah. uh, again, it's it's an opportunity, it's a season um, that we can really give ourselves to, to to study and reflection and understanding the revelation of Christ in in His Word. Yeah. I'm going to give it an easy way to sort of identify where 
you can fast from or pray more for. Because I think it's really important for people to be intentional during Lent. It's not enough to say, I'm going to pray more. Yeah, no, It's no. not enough to say, I'm going to give up sweets or whatever. I want, like, we need to be intentional. If we just review our life and say, here are my struggles. Mm-hmm. Here are the things that I, I have a habit mm. of sin. Or here are the things that I'm, I have a habit of maybe wasting time or whatever it might be. Mm. We have to identify those things first. Once we identify those things, then we can intentionally make a plan. Yeah. We could say, okay, if this is my struggle, now I can make a Lenten plan to attack that struggle. And I'm going to make it very concrete. I'm not just going to say, uh, I'm going to pray more. Yeah. I'm going to say... I'm praying 20 minutes. I'm going to... Yeah. I'm taking on a rosary every Perfect. single day. Yeah. yeah. And even further intentionally would say, in the morning. Something like, tangible. Before yeah. I, I leave my house, I'm going to pray the rosary. Because the more prepared we are, the more intentional we are, the more successful we're going to be at I this like that. In, in Lent. But we have to identify where our struggles mm-hmm. are, okay? Uh, the other thing I would say is if we're going to fast for, from something, or if we're going to fast for something or take something on, do it intentionally. Like, I'm giving this up for this purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fasting from social media in order to overcome this struggle. Like, I'm offering my fasting for this, this or I'm offering my fasting for my children, yeah. or I'm offering my fasting for uh, an increase in vocations or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Be intentional about it because when, when, when now that you have a purpose, like now that you know that your prayer is set aside for this specific purpose, you might have more motivation to continue your prayer, mm-hmm. yeah, right, or continue your fasting. But also, we have to remember that fasting, prayer, almsgiving. Those are grace-filled things. Like we don't just do yeah. them so we can punish ourselves and have a horrible March in April every year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's to acquire the fruits of that prayer, the fruit fruits of that fasting, the fruits of that alms almsgiving, so that our spiritual life really increases at the end. So if if people are listening, you don't have a plan for Lent yet. Uh, think think about that. Just take a few moments to think about where your struggles are. Uh, where maybe you're wasting time or where you in your spiritual life you want to improve. Attack those things with concrete plans for prayer, fasting, or even almsgiving. Okay? I love it. That's all the time we got today uh, on this uh, episode. So if you have any questions or comments uh, or you want to share what you're up to for the season of Lent, you can drop them in the comments below or send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. And we wish you all a great season of Lent this year. And hopefully uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving really uh, deepens our spiritual life. So for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. (laughs) 